you're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello! We are going to talk about kitchens today, Sue Hall and Corey Place. Hey. Yes. Yeah, so we've had a lot of really great questions, and the kitchen really is the most technical room in the house. We have appliances that are working, we've got plumbing working, we've got lighting working, we've got all of those cabinets and drawers and poles and it's a lot, a lot of permanent of, choices <laughs> a lot of moving parts yeah so we're actually going to break kitchens up into two episodes we're going to talk about the more permanent fixtures um, this week so it's all of the stuff that has staying power and then next week we'll get into the things um, like the little things that you can change out eventually when you re- when you recognize the bin pole is no longer a thing mm-hmm. that you can just safely unscrew that little sucker and put something on that's a little bit more timely today. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, let's launch into the more permanent things. Um, We have a question from at Magahala and she says, I want wood floors throughout my house, but I also want some timeless wood kitchen cabinets. What's the trick when doing wood flooring and cabinets? Do I go with the same color or do I mix it up? This is a really, really, really good question. A great question. Yeah. I actually live with um, this exact same thing, um, Magahala. I have wood floors. I have a Rifson white oak. And then I also have, um, no, actually on my floors, I just have white oak. And then on my cabinets, I have a Rifson white oak. So two different cuts of wood, same species. But my kitchen cabinets, I went way deeper than my floors. So my floors are quite light blonde. Um, and if you guys want to see this, it will be in the show notes. Um, or you can look up my house on our portfolio. I think it's under Jessica Bennett's house or something like that. Um, anyway, so I have done a much deeper, more tonal stone uh, or tonal um, stain mm-hmm. on my cabinets. And it is, um, in fact, I want to say we played around with it for a while to get the stains just right. And I had a sample of my wood floor. And I kept going to my kitchen cabinet guy to get the stains right. And I would really, really recommend doing that Um, just because you don't want the exact same stain on both or you're going to end up looking like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake when they were together. Do you guys remember the denim outfits? Canadian tuxedos. Yeah, Canadian tuxedos. Yes. (laughs) Now, I know denim on denim is back, but there's probably still a rhyme or reason as like what denim and denim looks good together, but I am not proficient on telling you how to do that. There's a fine line. Or you'll feel yeah. like Oak Plus. Remember that place? And it had like yes. all oak furniture and oak floors. All the honey oak. Was oak. And like, yes. you're like too much, too much. Too much. So yeah. definitely give some variety. And I think one thing we talked about and kind of with your house is that your floors are quieter mm-hmm. than your cabinets. Yeah. You know, your cabinets have more depth. And so I think whenever you're mixing two wood tones, Mm-hmm. Make sure that one is quieter. And when I say quieter, I just mean less busy. Yeah. One that's a little bit lighter, calmer, not as much movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helps them get along instead of both competing yeah. with wild cathedrals or veining. Yeah. Anything like that. You want one to be the hero and one to be quiet. Yeah. Um, when Suzanne said cathedrals, raise your hand if you know what that means in wood. <laughs> 
Take a second, raise your hand. <laughs> so, do you want to tell them what a cathedral is? Yeah, a cathedral is if you have, like some walnuts have really large cathedrals happening. A cathedral is when there's a lot of movement happening in the wood grain. I'm moving my hand so you can see what I'm doing, but you can't see what I'm doing. Anyway, but there's just a lot of big movement happening. Like high with that arches. Grain. It's exactly. it's like high when you arches. think of like faux bois, like those, mm-hmm. faux, those fake wood designs, how they'll have those um, large swooping motions mm-hmm. that you think of when you think of wood grains if they cut the wood a certain way and Corey you can speak to this because you used to make cabinetry yeah, it's plain sawn plain sawn yeah. yes so if you cut it the plain way then you're going to get cathedrals yep. in the wood yep. if and then there's riff sawn which will give you a more straight grain yep right because they cut it on a bias so the cathedral kind of turns sideways and so it's just all kind of straight and in, in a row yeah and riff sawn or quarter sawn is always going to be more expensive than plain sawn yes because it takes a lot more labor to do that because they have to cut it into fours and then cut it down from there rather than just like cutting it like you would a loaf of bread. Uh-huh. Plain sawn. Plain sawn. Okay. So plain sawn is going to give you cathedrals in the wood. Yes. Um, so sorry, Sue. Um, back to you. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew what we were talking about when we said cathedrals in the wood. Yeah. So with those cathedrals, that has a lot of big movement. So you're not going to have a lot of big movements on your flooring as uh-huh. well as on your cabinetry. If you want that look on one or the other just do it on one or the other, whether it's, you know, walnut flooring with, you know, a rift sawn or quarter sawn happening on the cabinetry or vice versa. For the home that we did in Tahoe, I believe it's called Mountain Tree House on the portfolio. Anyway, it's really nice. But we did want to have that kind of more, we wanted wood on wood and have this really kind of rustic notes happening throughout the house. And we did a white oak um, on the floor and then we ended up doing a walnut on the cabinetry. So mm-hmm. Anyway, that one we did a lot of tricks. And anytime we do that with two tones or adding woods on woods, um, there is, there's a method of storytelling behind it mm-hmm. that you, is really involved with the kitchen and with the space on what, when did the perimeter, when are we saying that that was originally built mm-hmm. for telling a story? When was an addition done? And so we did the same thing in Tiger Oak. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of different things happening. And that's what we kind of call storytelling. Yeah. And that's when you usually end up with two-tone cabinets. Mm -hmm. Tiger Oak, by the way, for those of you that don't know, is a home that we did. It just got um, featured in October on the cover of House Beautiful. And it's just a real prize-winning kitchen that was part of a parade home. And that is also on our portfolio. We'll also put it in the show notes. And that is a very eclectic um, kitchen with the use of three different, completely different finishes. The islands are made out of um, tiger oak, which is a species of oak that it's has quarter sawn oak. Oh, is it really? But tiger oak is what they used to call it back in the day. It's kind because it has like term. stripes, stripes mm-hmm. running through it. Not yeah. all quarter sawn oak has oh, tiger striping, though. So yeah, that's that's, yeah. So when you order that, it's She's even a more delicacy. expensive because they have to like. Yeah. rummage through and find all the pieces of that have like tigering through it. The there you go. And historically, like the old Hoosier cabinets mm-hmm. and whatnot that your grandparents might even still have, if they have that kind of wood that does look kind of tigery the way the stripes are, mm-hmm. that's tiger oak. And usually their stains were really, really dark. And because we were telling the story of an, an older, more vintage home, we wanted these islands to really, really look authentic. So we went with tiger oak on the islands. Mm-hmm. The hardware and everything got along with that story. Uh-huh. 
So again, yeah, it's harder to do. It's a real artistry and you want to make sure when you're doing anything that's two toned like this, where the floor is different than the cabinetry, or let's just say you want to do kind of a different Island, just make sure that you're getting samples from your cabinet guy and that you're carrying your wood floor sample around with you so that you can make sure that you're really getting the right undertones in all of these things. This is not for everyone. It would be way easier for us to say on this podcast, just don't do it. Because I would say this is maybe for the top 10% of humans, not even that they're the top. They're just, they're just 10% of humans that really love to put together a good outfit. They are um, not traditionalists. A quirky crowd. Yeah, they're the yeah. quirky crowd. Yeah, and they love, they probably love fashion and they're mm-hmm. willing to experiment and, and put crazy things together. Um, they're a party and they've, they've got big souls. <laughs> yeah, so really study was you're looking through these pictures that you're drawn to in your Pinterest or inspiration boards, whatever you're using, really study what you're being drawn to. And if you're like, I actually love symmetry. Mm-hmm. I love uniformity and I want the whole thing to be the same. That's okay. Don't be sad because there's other ways. And we'll talk about that in our next episode of styling to add interest to those spaces. But if you are drawn to these quirky kitchens that have several different finishes, really explore it, really study those pictures and what you love about them, what colors you love. And then you can start to dissect what you should have for your kitchen. Mm -hmm. And you can work with a designer on that, or you can do it yourself. But I think not having the exact same floor um, color and species as you do for your cabinets is a really good rule of thumb to at least start with. Mm -hmm. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand. It's like slippery dolphin, like your feet swishing around is so, so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, Also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self-care, your sleep health. If you just head over to cozyearth.com and use the promo code Dear Alice for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is Dear Alice for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. Yeah. So um, two-toned cabinets, should we talk about that? That is when, probably most generally speaking, when your, maybe your lowers, do you guys remember when this was trending where your lowers were a different color than your upper cabinetry? You probably saw that a lot with black lowers, um, with white uppers or navy blue lowers with white upper cabinets or... A lot of people are seeing the, like the emerald green on the bottom. Those are circulating Pinterest right now. Uh It's still the white uppers. Yeah. 
The two-tone cabinet. I would say we did do the two-tone cabinet um, about six years ago on a parade home we did called the French Modern Manor. That's also on our portfolio. That we did more of sort of a bathwater grayish mm-hmm. tone. It's very pretty and Frenchy, and we paired it with white. And so the contrast wasn't as striking, and I thought that it turned out really, really beautiful. And we were, again, really trying to create a lot of interest. This was a parade home. It was stunning, and also it was a massive kitchen. And so being able to break it up a little bit felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't just a huge sea of white cabinetry for days and days. So there is a place for two-tone cabinets. Um, A really easy way to dip your toe in that water is maybe doing an island that's different than the Mm -hmm. rest of your kitchen. That story, I think, originated with um, people didn't always used to have islands in their house. They would sometimes just bring in a piece of furniture. It's just supposed to look like more of a work surface set in the middle of a beautiful kitchen. And I think it's evolved from there. So on the island, that's maybe where you could do a wood finish, a stain grade. And that would give you that old table type feeling, that that piece of wood that you pulled in to look like furniture into the middle of the space with maybe a white kitchen in the middle. And that would be um, a safer way to do a two-tone. That's what I have. That's what Sue has. That's what I have, but I'm a storyteller, so I got an old piece mm-hmm. and, t- and retrofitted it into my island. It's an old Indian dowry mm. with lots of carving and stuff, but I liked that idea of storytelling. And, and I think one thing to note is that if you are going to do that two-tone, and we may have mentioned this on the, the podcast before, but have that island not just be a different color, but maybe consider doing a different door style, a simpler door yeah, style, good call. different hardware. You know, if you're going to go to the effort of painting it, we don't want everything to be the exact same on that cabinetry as your perimeter cabinetry. So really think about what you want that personality to be on the island. Yeah, that's great. Love it. Okay, so let's talk about layout. Uh-huh. Yes, is the work triangle a thing and how important is it? Oh man, yes, it is a thing. The work triangle. If you guys don't know what the work triangle is, we're going to break it down for you. When we are looking, just as um, talked about, when we're looking at a floor plan, it's like you're chopping the ceiling off and we're looking at the, you know, the shell on the, the kitchen. Yeah. Anyway, we always study the work triangle. And what that is, is the relationship between the fridge, the range, and the sink. And the proximity from one to the other so that cooking will be easier and not you're not hopping over a massive island to get to your fridge to then take all those things from the fridge all the way over to the sink, which is way far away. It's super important that they're close to each other because that's how you work in your kitchen. And that's, again, your efficiencies when you don't get that right. That's when your kitchen, even if it's the most beautiful kitchen, it's frustrating to be in. Because mm-hmm. you can't work in it well. So yeah. Today, I think it's extra challenging. We have larger homes than we used to have than our grandma's houses. And um, so the work triangle being efficient was pretty easy back back in those days because you're only like two or three steps away from from the stove, from the sink, from the fridge. So today it's really common for us to put two work triangles in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I also think that um, in the work triangle today, like well, back to putting two work triangles in the kitchen, a prep sink is something really common that you see people doing. You also see people putting um, a faucet over the stove, mm-hmm. one of those pot, pot fillers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that also takes away from the frustration of having to take a big pot, put it in the sink, fill it up, carry the heavy, heavy pot full of water over to the stove and having that be efficient. So there's shortcuts today. 
Um, I think the prep sink is really great because you might have somebody on one side of the kitchen um, rinsing vegetables and chopping those up and getting those ready while somebody else could be over um, doing some dishes and just keeping some of that work at bay Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't become overwhelming. Um, And then I think the microwave is also serving a purpose that in the old days, um, maybe grandmas didn't have those as much in the work triangle. So I think that's something that can be included. One thing that we've learned is if you guys are in the middle of designing a new kitchen right now, make sure and put your microwave right next to your fridge because anything that gets microwaved is coming from either the fridge or the freezer for the most part. Unless it's microwave popcorn, then it's just coming out of the pantry. So if you keep those two right next to each other, that's super efficient. And one thing that we like to do is the under cabinet microwave. Yes. So we love to do those in islands, so, you know, across from the fridge mm-hmm. or right next to the fridge in those lowers. Yeah. Um, just because I think back in the day, again, it, a lot of people would just throw it above their range yeah. and that would be, that would be the venting and the microwave. And it's right at and eye it's level. A, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to have that. Some kitchens, some kitchens, if it's really small and you have no else to put it, you still put it there. But yeah. um, if you can put it in an under cabinet. Um, next to the fridge yeah, and it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind, but really useful. And they have those drawers, which are so nice. Bosch makes a great one. Just push a button and it opens up. You put your hot pocket in there and push close and it does the work for you. So it's really great. Another thing that our appliance people, when you go plant shopping really rave about is the steam oven. So when you're plant shopping for all these pieces in your work triangle, really go and study them out at your nearest appliance store Mm -hmm. and get an idea of how you want to live. Not how you currently live, but how you want to live. If you're creating a new kitchen, really think about how, what that looks like. Yeah. Go and walk it. You don't have to just already know what appliances you think you Mm -hmm. want because you've seen them on Pinterest. You should really walk through your nearest, um, you know, kitchen store and walk through them, have them tell you the stories of each of the appliances that you like the look of the efficiencies of them. How do they perform? You know, just ask all of the hard hitting questions and they have all the data to back up. You know, this one breaks down a lot or this one looks good, but you know. The parts are from France and it's going to cost a million dollars to fix yeah. it when it does break. Whatever. I will say this though. I really love the idea of staying within the whole one suite of, um, um, like if you're going with KitchenAid, go with everything KitchenAid. Mm-hmm. Don't jump around. Don't sleep around on your appliances <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to end up with a million different handles. Yeah. And everybody, like a microwave has a certain look, a certain handle to it. And it's nice if that matches the stove, if it matches the dishwasher, you know, if all of those handles are the same so that your kitchen doesn't look like a garage sale. Yeah. Yeah. So fall in love with one brand and stay true to it in your kitchen. Yeah. And unless you want, the only time we like really, I don't know, go away from that is if a client's like, I really want to put a La Corneille. Yes. You know, a French range in my kitchen. I've dreamt of it forever. That's what I want. I want it to be blue. So of course you're not going to have blue appliances everywhere. Of course you're not going to have La Corneille appliances everywhere because they only make ranges, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But anyway, but that is kind of just the showpiece. The range really is the money shot of the kitchen. And so make that really stunning. And then, but I, I agree, your fridge, your microwave, dishwashers, things like that. When you can stay within the same suite, um, do it. Or if you're going to do a panel front mm-hmm. on any of those appliances, then... Tell them what a panel front is. Okay, well, you're all used to seeing like a stainless steel front on a fridge, stainless steel front on your dishwasher, on all these different appliances. But a panel front will usually specify if we want to have a really interesting cabinetry rhythm happening in a space. And so what that is, is they have just basically the guts 
of the appliance. And then our cabinet maker makes an actual panel that matches the rest of the cabinetry happening in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just helps it to disappear. And in that case, if you're like, I want to do an ASCO dishwasher, it doesn't matter that that's not the same as your, your fridge because it's going to have a panel on it and you've done the research and you know that that's the best one. So panel front could be a good option for you. If you're like really a appliance nerd and you're really doing the research on who makes the very best of every single thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, good call. That's great. Should we talk about plumbing placement? Yes. Okay, let's do it. You mentioned the dishwasher just barely. Yes. Um, So efficiencies, talking about the work triangle, you're always, always, always going to want your dishwasher next to your sink. I feel like Mm -hmm. we all know that, right? Yeah. A really common thing today. Raise your hand. Yeah. (laughs) If you know that. It's like a kitchen class in here. (laughs) Um, So really common today, we see um, a dishwasher on one side and sometimes on both sides of the sink. What a dream. If you're not... (laughs) a two um, dishwasher person, then you're probably going to want your trash on the other, on the other side so that you can open it up, scrape your chicken bones in, scrub your dish, put it in the dishwasher on the other Mm -hmm. side. Um, Any other placement that you feel like is really useful to talk about? I think the microwave with the fridge, um, those two are companions. Um, And I also think, or across from the fridge, we haven't put a microwave eye level in years mm-hmm. we've only done them under the waist right below yeah, the waist we really have yeah so unless you have some people that i don't know don't have room for a big large range that they're like i still need to have a double oven if you are one of those people that has a double double oven that's usually a tower and some people still like to stack their microwave on top of that tower of double ovens mm-hmm. um in the kitchen so anyway but preference I think we're always going to say go larger on the range yes um if you want like one and a half you have a one and a half you have a 48 inch range and you talk about that yeah so I have um so it's a little tiny there's a little tiny long narrow oven and then there's a big normal full-size oven and the little oven's really great because your nine by 13s fit in that and I have um, just two children so I use my smaller oven like nine out of ten times I always use it. If I have company coming, I'll turn the big one on. Or if I'm making cookies, because my cookie sheets are big. Mm-hmm. But that little one's really great. I've loved awesome. it. Good. We really feel like the best look is putting an entire range in your kitchen. I don't personally love the look of wall ovens. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of builds a big robot on one yeah. side of the kitchen with just all this yeah. electronic stuff happening. This tower. Um, so if you have to do it, we'll totally do it. But we're always going to say, what about a range? You know, it puts all of that kind of, you know, again, below the waist, but it's just this really big, impressive looking vehicle that you're parking right in the middle of your kitchen. And it's, it's got a little bit of that industrial sort of culinary vibe. And I think it's more believable as like, I think that authenticity, um, it's just like a truer look to me than just having a cooktop sitting on top of Mm -hmm. Wood, because it feels like those should bust into fire when I look at it and there's a cooktop sitting on top of it. I don't know. I just want it to all be stainless or or whatever it is, you know. And I would avoid putting also that range on the island. Yeah. You see those sometimes plants come through and we were looking through them and we're like, oh, that's just like a disaster waiting to happen. I could see my little boy reaching onto that and burning his hand. And it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, we'll often do like the main sink in the island if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But we would never do the range or a stovetop on the island. I can't even remember the last time we did. 
one thing too to note on this podcast is if you ever see a picture of where we have done one, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. There's we will break our own rules, but there's a storytelling reason why because we're designing for the client. And we'll make it make the very most sense. But when we're just like, if we were doing it for one of us, mm-hmm. we wouldn't put it on the island. Yeah. There would be no reason. So totally. Yeah. And then if you wanted to have two full size ovens, cause you're like, we have big Sunday dinners. I need to make rolls in this one. I need a turkey in this one every single week. Then a 60 inch range is what you're going to look for. Cause that has two full size ovens. Yeah. So 48 inch will have one and a half ovens, which is what Jess has. Yeah. The 60 inch yeah. is for like the real chef, the domestic person. Um, and you probably have a really big kitchen to pull mm-hmm. off the 60 inch range. That's the mm-hmm. money shot. Yeah. It is the money shot. That's the stretch limo. Of, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and really, and there's so many beautiful appliances. Oh, there's so many beautiful ones. Just talked about it being you're parking a car in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're all familiar with Wolf. We see those red handles. They have beautiful stainless ones and with mixed with gold, but yeah. there's Thermador and there's so many beautiful ranges. So uh, go on a date with yourself or with your significant other and go appliance shopping because it's really fun. It's really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing that with clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We live in a great time where so many beautiful things are available. Um, Let's talk about the open shelf versus cabinets. Uh Yes. We get that a lot. You've seen that on Pinterest for years now. And um, I am a huge fan. I live with that. I've got open shelving on both sides of my range. I again think it's it's not, I think it's something out of utility that was born. I don't think it's necessarily that you're putting in open shelves to be able to put a lot of accessories on them. I think it really needs to tell the story of like, for me, my plates and bowls and all my dishes sit right next to my range. So when I'm cooking something and I'm done, I can reach up and grab a plate. I can ladle something onto it. I can pull something from the oven, put that on the plate and then slide it across the counter and my kids can put it on the dinner table. So it's really out of convenience that, um, that I love the open shelf. And I think that the shelves should tell the story of like, it's um, big, beautiful serving ware, your soup terrines, your um, just extra bottles of olive oil. It just should look like it's stocked like a storehouse for kitchen and for serving and whatnot. It's not for fake plants. It's mm. not for, um, I don't know what are all the things or that we like see random up there. objects or anything. Really, yeah. like, there's so many things that we use in a kitchen that this actually should be a really a fairly easy thing to accessorize because we do have so many tools and gadgets and things that we're going to be using in our kitchen. And we just use, like you said, you make it kind of look like a restaurant. You have all your glasses stacked up front to back. You're not trying to be cutesy or, you know, play with like levels of three or or anything Mm -hmm. on your cabinets. You're basically stocking it like a restaurant. Yeah. And it really takes the guesswork uh, of like, if you have family coming over and you ask your sister to set the table, she's not opening up every single cupboard to see you've all been there. Mm-hmm. When you're opening up every cupboard to be like, gosh, where do these people keep their plates? I have no idea. And you yeah. just feel silly. It kind of just, I don't know, informs everybody on how to use the space because it's all out. It's all right there. And it's stuff that you're using, you know? Yeah. So people always say, oh, it's going to get dusty, but not if it's the things that you use every day, your yeah. every day. And so, and it's really great. It's kind of like you get to go through all your existing dishes and kind of mm-hmm. pillage what looks like a yard sale. And just get uniform dishes, get all the same tumblers, get all the same plates, you know, with matching bowls and just have it all stacked there. Beautiful. And it's just a really easy way to live without a lot of guesswork. Mm -hmm. The open shelf is not for food. 
No. The food should live in a pantry or behind closed doors. This isn't for spices. It is really just for stacks and stacks of, in my mind, white dishes to make it look really culinary. And yeah. keeping an edit on that thing is going to make it look incredible. Yep. Yeah. So we love open shelving. Yeah, love it. So. Um, okay, so the next question is from at Debbie Gonzalez, 11. She says, what do you think about painting wood-stained kitchen cabinets? Yeah, girl. <laughs> All day, Debbie, every day. You should paint those cabinets. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. We just did the most incredible remodel and you can't even recognize the home. We haven't shot it yet, but the before and afters are going to be bananas. We yeah. used all the existing cabinets and they were dark, dark brown. Some of them were even black. They were like, that was a crazy three tone. Like you had some cream, you had black, you had wood tone. And yeah. we're like, we have got to uniform this. This we client. We clean this up. Yeah, this it client, looked like schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah. And this client really loves that look of, yeah. you know, Paris. And she travels a great deal. And so we really wanted to give her this lifestyle. And, but we didn't want to have to replace all the cabinetry because it was still in great shape. Mm-hmm. It was and a so, massive kitchen too. Massive. And so by painting it, and getting new hardware and I have to say though some arched aprons like it really made all the difference and her door styles were beautiful yeah they were really pretty yeah they were pretty and they were easy to work with so Debbie if you like the style of your cabinetry um but you want to reimagine it it's still it's still not super cheap last I checked um painting just like your average size kitchen was upwards of like eight to ten thousand dollars to have it done and they're going to use um a tinted lacquer on those um, is or, uh, right. Yep. Corey's nodding his head. Yep. Corey used to work in cabinetry. Do you yeah. have any advice for the painted um, cabinet? I would say, I, if if someone were to ask me that question, I'd probably say like no myself because it's a pain to like strip a door and you know what I mean, like repaint everything. But yes, mm-hmm. it can be done. Would you say don't do it yourself? Have yeah, a professional yeah, do it. That, that's what I was just gonna say. Don't do it. Don't think you can go to like Home Depot and just buy some paint and like roll it on. Like I've seen people do that and just doesn't typically doesn't come out looking very good. That's because paint does not adhere to lacquer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they'll use like tinted lacquer, they'll mix paint with a lacquer and then, you know, spray over that, but they still have to, uh, you know, strip the doors and drawers or whatever. So another option is if you don't like your door style as well, like you were saying, is you can just buy new doors and drawers for the same mm-hmm. box configuration you have. Yeah. Just um, get new fronts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's, a th- th- that's an option as well. And new and hardware. Then, yep. Yeah. Yep. And if you are just painting your existing doors and drawers, make sure and have your cabinet person fill in the holes of the old hardware and paint everything. And then that will give you the leeway to be able to use any spread. Like maybe they're using a three, eight, three or four inch spread on the current hardware. And maybe you're like, I want a knob on these drawers. I don't want yeah. pulls or whatever. You can do whatever you want if you have them fill those in. Bondo those up. And as well, you talked about Debbie, about you have a stained cabinet that you want to paint you might have something like Naughty Alder, which has a grip of knots. Oh yeah. And lots of lots of gooey things happening on there. You can have your painter fill those in as well, bondo those up, smooth it out, and then paint it. That'll so, cost extra. Yeah, that'll yeah. cost you. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll That's why sometimes the best is just to buy like new uh-huh. doors and drawers because you yeah. can get paint grade like maple or something that doesn't have a lot of knots in it. So you'll never like, you know what I mean? Have to worry about like, oh, I can see that knot through that paint or something like Mm -hmm. that. And it's, it's actually not that crazy expensive. I remember a bit a few years ago, they were saying it's like $25 for a new drawer front. So it really, if you think about having to sand all the old ones down, bondo everything, fill it all, it might just be worth the, you know, the $25 per drawer front and whatever a door front costs, depending on the level of cabinetry person that you're using. So yeah. And and typically your face frame doesn't have, it's like, 
property not free because it's hard to make yeah. a stream out of that. So that that really doesn't matter anyway. You could pay yeah. that. So just reuse your old boxes. Save hours from your life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. The last question is: If you had unlimited funds and space, what would your kitchen indulgence be? That was for you too. Oh, so, yeah, that's so a good one. Yeah. Okay, that is a fun one. Mm, I love it when um, somebody goes big on their stove. Mm, yeah, yeah, too. I and it's it is an indulgence, but I just find that it thinks I'm back every day. We just barely um, shot a re- a remodel. Yeah. House of Kennedy times Alice Lane by Alice Lane is the hashtag. Anyway, you'll be able to see her. She remodeled a house with us uh, and it was just like a 4,000 square foot home. And she went big on her stove and got the French La Cornu. And it is everything. It's a, it's not, it's an average size kitchen, but that stove is just heroic in there. And um, I just, it was like worth every penny, just visually. I'm obviously not cooking with it every day, but I think, I think splurge on the stove. Yeah. I would say splurge on the hood too. I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. they don't have to splurge on it, but like make it, make it suit. If you're going to really like throw down for the range, mm-hmm. make sure it suits. And hoods can be so fun. Obviously in Tiger Oak, we did a tiled hood, which yeah. I love the look of. You can do plaster hoods, which we also love the look of. You can do finished work hoods. Um, so that's not necessarily, it's just something in uh-huh. kind of concert It's kind of like the, the mantle range. in the room. Exactly. Yeah. So really like look at both of them together and make sure that like that's exactly what you want to look at every day because that's such a good moment. I like that answer. Um, indulgence. I really want an ice machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> an ice machine. Again, when you go appliance shopping, it's so much fun because they will, I know for Jess, when you went appliance shopping, they said, do you want the crunchy ice, like the Sonic kind that has like a lot of the air bubbles? Ice. If, you're, if you're an ice chewer, you want a Scotsman. But if Jess, you don't like chew on ice. I have really, really sensitive teeth. And when he was even saying that, I was like, please, no, make it stop. (laughs) Stop talking about it. I have a headache already. Um, So yeah. And he also says that the pebbled ice is going to water down your drink faster because it melts faster. And I am like a slow, slow, slow drinker. I can nurse on the same Diet Coke for most of the day. Amazing. And so I, my drink would turn to Diet Diet Coke if I put pebbled ice in it. So I really love a a slightly bigger cube and um, the KitchenAid Cuber is a half inch by half inch cube and they're perfectly little square cubes and they're beautiful and they don't melt as fast as the Scotsman does. Most people, nine out of 10 people want the Scotsman because they drink faster. They like to chomp on their ice. So just, it's fun though. Cause I, I walked around the appliance store with two solo cups in each hand. One was a pebbled ice with diet coconut. One was the KitchenAid Cuber and they even tasted slightly different, um, which is really funny because you think that they wouldn't, but I far preferred the KitchenAid. So, and actually the KitchenAid was, oh gosh, at the time, this has been years and years. I think the KitchenAid was 1500 and the pebbled ice was, gosh, probably at least a thousand dollars more. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's fun just to get the facts and experience everything and make those choices. So yeah, once again, go appliance shopping. It's a blast. Yeah, but the ice machine will be so fun when you're like serving drinks to your guests and you yeah. just have that there and people love it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a fun party trick as an entertainer. Yes, so, it is truly like probably my favorite appliance in my yes, kitchen. I, I feel that. like the ultimate hostess having a, an ice machine. Yes, Yeah, I know it sounds crazy. No, it's so fancy. You're so fancy. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, girl. Awesome. 
Well, thanks for listening today on Kitchens. I hope this answers some of your questions. And um, stay tuned for next episode where we talk about some of the little things. And that might really resonate with a lot of you who probably already have kitchens. So tune in and we'll hit it next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating.